Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Activate God's Purpose, where we yield our humanity to God's divinity. I dedicate this time to the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, to talk to us, speak to us, heal us, make us whole, remove and replace anything that's broken, remove anything that shouldn't be there, um, put into place everything that should be there, and just work on our lives, work on our hearts, our souls, our spirits, our minds, our bodies. May we become whole as Christ, as God, as the Holy Spirit first intended our original state, created in their image, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, take over this time. Let the Father be glorified. Help us to find ourselves in you, through you, and by you, and for you, and for our own sakes, in the mighty name of Jesus. Take over, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to talk to us about being the gift and not the problem. Being the gift and not the problem. We live in a world where it's very difficult to to not be deceptive, to not lie, to not hate, to not be angry, to not be envious. The world forces a lot of us to become insecure, angry, envious, and to indulge in all kinds of things we have no business indulging in and becoming people we have no business becoming. And we seek after a type of image when we should be seeking after the image of God. And, you know, there are a lot of reasons that we behave this way. Uh, it could be tragedy, it could be trauma, it could be living up to your family's or your job's expectations, or you not knowing who you are, what your destiny is, you haven't figured out where you're going, what you're doing, why you're doing what you do, why you mingle with the people you mingle with. And it just leads to one thing, that we have not submitted our lives to God completely, that we have not submitted to the Holy Spirit, that we have not submitted to Jesus. We haven't surrendered our lives to Jesus and we haven't surrendered to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and we haven't surrendered to the, to, to the hand of the Father, you know, and, um, and the wishes of the Father and the word of the Father. And so we go astray in all kinds of ways and we develop all kinds of traits and personalities and images and masks and facades and make, trying to make all kinds of impressions that ruin us and we become lost, lost souls. We just don't know who we are anymore and who we should be anymore and we just don't know. And so we throw, we throw in the towel and we give up because it's like, okay, well, that's life and you just let life continue the way it is and people control you. Life controls you. Things control you. Situations control you. People control you. Everything controls you. Everything but you knowing who you really, really are. So who are you? You are a gift to this world. You are a gift to me. You are a gift to others listening. You are a gift to those out there at your job, your family, your friends, the world. You are a gift. 
but you probably just don't know it yet. So with this message, you're either going to have the affirmation that you indeed are a gift, or you are going to discover that you are a gift and that you are going to also realize that you are so special a gift that Jesus died for you. And the choice is always yours. I always say this, the choice is always yours. Which path will you follow? The path that continues to make you feel lost, where you don't feel like you're a gift to this world, right? Or the path where Jesus is already a gift, the gift to us, the way for us. And when we yield to him, when we surrender to him, we become a gift to the world. And we become a gift because there are many other people who are also gifts to the world. What we need to do is say, God, I yield to you. I surrender to you. I need to know why I'm here. I need to know why I am a gift to this world, why you brought me here, why you bothered to breathe life into me. Why am I here? God did not waste his time making you. You have to know that. You might think he did. Others might think he did. They might even treat you like you're a waste of time. You might not even realize that you're not a waste of time. But God knows that you are not a waste of time. You're not a mistake. Broken, shattered, yes, torn apart, made mistakes, beaten up, battered, ratchet, whatever you want to say. You are not a mistake. And you have to walk in the realm of that revelation that you are not a mistake. And you are a gift to this world. Um, amen. Let's go into some scripture. So, it's so easy for us to allow, uh, you know, what we have been, especially through, and, and, and the problems that we've been through, to define who we are and make us feel like we're not gifts to humanity that we're not a gift of God or a gift from God. And it's difficult for us to be a gift to this world when um, there's so many things that have made us feel so tattered and torn and useless. So many problems that have clouded us, clouded our lives, that we end up becoming the problem because we need to be fixed. We need to be, um, we need taking care of ourselves. And so we don't realize the gift that we are because the problems that we've gone through cause us to be problems also to others and to the world. And we don't realize that instead of being the problem, we can be the gift, the solution that others are looking for. We can be the tool that God wants to use as a gift to and for this world. You are magnificent in the eyes of God. You're absolutely magnificent. He calls you his masterpiece. He calls me, he calls all of us his masterpieces. And we have to walk in the revelation of that. Right? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 28, I, I use this scripture a lot. It's one of my favorite. And 
It's also because I'm learning to walk in this image. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for this image. And so I keep sharing it. I keep talking about it until it sinks into our spirits. Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28. Because if we can understand the scripture and walk in the revelation of it, a lot of heavy weights and chains will break from our minds, our souls, our spirits, our bodies. We will become free. The freedom that Jesus died on the cross to give us, we can live in that freedom if we understand scriptures like this. There are many of them, but I'll give us a few today. And one of them is um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. So that's the New International Version. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. I'm going to see if I can find the, um, the message version of that. I'm going to be reading from different... Um, scriptures today different uh let me see if i can find that here 27 i'm sorry okay actually should have started from verse 26 yes genesis chapter 1 verse 26 the message bible says god spoke let us make human beings in our image make them reflecting our nature there's a nature that we're supposed to reflect, and it's a God-like image. This, when God here says, let us make, he's talking about himself, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. Let us make human beings, that is you and I, in our image, in their image. Make them reflecting our nature. Don't just make them. We're not just going to make them. We're going to make sure that they reflect our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the, in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Um, I think I just mixed it up. Okay, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. This is the Message Bible. And earth itself, we can be what? The image of God reflecting his image, Jesus's image, the Holy Spirit's image, right? Being responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. You are a gift to the earth. I am a gift to the earth. We're all a gift. And God has given us power and a type of a God-like nature that can be a gift to this earth. And every animal that moves on the face of earth, of earth, God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. That's the responsibility that God has given us. This is who we are as gifts to this world. Take responsibility over the whole earth, over every creation, all of creation. Be the gift that will bring healing. Be the gift that will walk and reflect God, that will walk in the God-like nature. 
that God has created us in and with. Right, that was the uh, message version. And the, uh, the New International Version says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, like us, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. You see, there's a repetition there. There's an emphasis there for us to understand. So God created mankind in his own image. Right? And then it says, in the image of God, in case we missed it the first time, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So now I understand shame. I understand guilt. I understand regret. But that's not how God wants us to live. I understand um, cutting ties that are not productive so that I can become who God says I am. So that I can work, at least make the effort to become a gift to this earth, right? To, to become the likeness of God, to become the image of God, to reflect the nature of God, and to reproduce, to multiply good things on this earth and take charge in a good way, not a toxic controlling way. We can all come together and, 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 and be this way and, and be the, the image that we're created in. Work towards it every day. The Holy Spirit will help us. The Holy Spirit will help us. We're not alone. We cannot do it in our human nature. It's not possible. What we can do in our human nature is God gave us a free will. So what we can do is surrender that free will to God and say, help me to walk this earth as a gift, the God-like image, the reflection of who you are, of who Jesus is, of who the Holy Spirit is, right? The reflection of your nature. Help me to be that man. Help me to be that woman. I know you created me and you didn't just make me ordinary. You made me extraordinary. Help me to be that person in spirit, in mind, in heart, in character, in decisions, in choices, in everything I do. Let it be a reflection of your image in me, your godlike nature in me. If I need power, let it come from you. If I need peace and patience, and kindness, and compassion, and mercy, and need to extend those to other people. Let it come from you. Oh God, that's how we are gifts to this world, extending God's nature, reflecting and extending his nature. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version, and um, this we're still on Genesis chapter 1, from verse 20, 26. God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is from the Amplified Bible. God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, after our likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the, the tame beasts, and over all of the earth, over all of the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. 
in the image and likeness of God, he created them, male and female. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill, fill the earth and subdue it using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. My goodness, subdue it, meaning use all its vast resources in the service of God and man. That's how we become gifts on this earth. And it continues to say, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. That Again, that scripture is Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26, and I read all the way up to verse 28. So in case you're wondering, you're still wondering who you are, in case you're still confused about your identity, now you know. Now you know. You are the image of God. And in case you're wondering how you should be functioning, well, now you know. It says what? Reflecting his image. That's how you should be functioning. That's the gift that you are. You are created in the image. That's how you're created. And your nature should be what? Reflecting who he is. And that's how you become a gift to the world, to mankind. Because it says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. In the service of God and man, your God-like nature, the nature of God that you reflect is in service to God and to man. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's not enslavement. It only makes you better and better if you're genuine about it. If you, if you choose this path and you're, you're genuine about it and you're real about it, it, it only makes you better. Sometimes it makes you vulnerable. Sometimes it makes you ask why, you know, things happen. And sometimes, yes, in your humanity, you'll question. But the more you move in and with God and by God, the less you'll question him. There's just an assurance that sits on your spirit, sits on your heart, sits on your soul, sits on your mind, where you just know that he's there. You just, there's no questioning, there's no asking, there's no, um, you just know that whatever's happening around you, whatever the storm is, whatever the chaos is, whatever the troubles are, whatever the challenges are, you just know he's there, you know, because you've been with him. You've been with him. In your times of sinning, he's been there. In your times of rebellion, he's been there. In your times of being confused, insecure, he's been there. And you know it. Your spirit knows it. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. God doesn't go back on his word. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We are the ones who leave him and forsake him. But God will always come after you. He'll find a way. My goodness, he'll find a person. He'll find a podcast. He'll find whatever he has to find to get through to you. He will leave the 99 for you, for the one. The Bible says he will leave the 99 for the, for, for the one. So if, there, if there's a, 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 a 500 people and there's one person missing, he'll go after, he will leave the, what is it, 499? <laughs> yes, and go for that one person. He'll leave. If there are two of you, and one person is in there, is secure with him, 
and he knows this, he will leave that person, not forsaking them. He will just, he knows that they're there and he will go and chase after that one that went astray. That's how much we mean to God. God isn't playing. He's not lying to us when he says, I created you in my image, right? And that you have my God-like image in you. Why wouldn't he come after us when we have his God-like image? He wants to build that God-like image so we can be a gift and a blessing to this earth. So we can walk with him and be more with him. Our shame and our guilt take us away from him. But the more we stay in his image, the, the more we stay in, in, in his presence, the more we walk with him, the more we follow, the more we do what he says, the more we become his image. The more we want to be with him, the more we want to ask him all kinds of questions and have all kinds of conversations with him. And when in these questions and conversations give us wisdom and revelation, give us strength and security, and then what happens? Our God-like nature, the image of God in us, continues to form and to build. And it helps us to function according to the God-like nature that is in us that we were created in. And then in that way, we become a gift to the world and to those around us. Amen. You even become a gift to yourself because you, you start finding, you start gaining the type of peace that God talks about. He says his peace that surpasses human understanding. And we all, most of all, know the popular story where Jesus was sleeping in the boat while the disciples were going crazy because there's a storm blowing and they're wondering, Jesus, why on earth would you be sleeping? Well, yes, he's sleeping on earth, on the boat, on the sea, in the middle of the turbulence because he knows his godlike nature. Because he knows his godlike nature is peace. He can't but be peace, peaceful in the storm. He can't be anything else but peaceful in the storm. Right? Because he, he is peace. So he's not going to go against his nature. He's not going to go and fight the storm. He created the water, the seas. The, he, he, these things bow to him. And he's saying to us here, you have the power as well because you're created in my image for all these things, for all of creation to bow to you. How does this happen? We get closer. The God-like image of God in us develops, grows, and we begin to function in the nature, in the God-like nature that God has put in us. Right? Remember, he says, reflecting our nature. God spoke. This is the message version. Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. Reflecting our nature. Hallelujah. Let us be the gift of God to this earth. Be one of the gifts. Be a gift to, to God, to the earth, to yourself. And reflect the nature of God or by reflecting the nature of God. So the next scripture that we're going to look at is, um, pardon me, Job 33 verse 4. Again, one of my favorites, right? Job 33 verse 4 says, it is this, okay, so I will read from the Amplified Version. He says, it is the spirit of God that made me and the breath of the almighty that gives me life. Hmm. It is the spirit of God that made me and the breath 
of the Almighty that gives me life. Think about it. The Spirit of God made you, but didn't stop there. The breath of the Almighty then gave you life. You are a gift. You are a gift. The Holy Spirit took the time to make you. You know, in our, on our earth, we have these things, expressions such as, such as, oh, you're made, you're made. That is, you know, when someone's bought a fancy car, uh, they have all kinds of houses and all kinds of wealth, physical wealth, not spiritual wealth, because spiritually they're very poor. Because spiritually, you're only wealthy when you come to Jesus. That is a fact. Spiritually, you're only wealthy when you come to Jesus when you surrender to him, when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, when you walk with God, that's when you're really rich. That's the true sign of wealth. That's the true sign of success. And it brings peace. It brings joy. It brings stability. Okay? Everything material, you've heard this before, you, you will have physical satisfaction. You'll fulfill your lusts and your desires, but it's all flesh. It will not give you peace. It will not give you joy. Even if it does, it's momentary. It will not give you satisfaction. It won't heal you. It will not make you complete and whole. Right? What will make us complete is when we come back to the Spirit that made us. That is the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? And we come back to the breath of the, of the Almighty, to the Almighty who gave us breath in the first place. And then we can become gifts to this world. A lot of you have dreams and visions. You have things you're passionate about that you really want to do. You can do them in the physical or you can do them in the spiritual. I would suggest, I would advise that you do things in the spiritual. Do them with God. Do them with the Holy Spirit. Do them with Jesus. Will you sometimes go wrong? Yes, but that's okay because you know who has your back. You know who has your back? The Spirit who breathed into you. The, Almighty, the Spirit who made you. And you have the backing of the Almighty who gave you breath. Why would God not want you to succeed? Why would God not want you to be a gift to this earth? That's why He made you. That's why He created you. That's why you're here. That's why he breathed into you. Yeah? I'm going to um, see if I can find the... Uh, hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, it's the same. Uh, I was looking at the message version, but it's pretty much the same. Job 33... Verse 4, the Spirit of God made me what I am. Actually, it's not really the same. I like this. The Spirit of God made me what I am. Whew. So what are you? What am I? Right? If the Spirit of God made me what I am, made you what you are, are we being what and who the Spirit of God made us to be? Or have we become something else? I think if we want to be 
really honest with ourselves, we have become something else. We have become someone else, someone away from the image that God made us, someone away from, 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 from the Spirit of God that took us and gave us life. We've somehow become someone else and not the person who the Almighty God breathed His breath into. Right? And it continues to say, And the breath of God gave me life. The breath of God Almighty gave me life. The breath of God Almighty gave me life. Why did God give you life? Why did God give you life? Why did God give you life? Just for fun? Well, because maybe he didn't have anything to do. He was just idle. And he decided to do what? Create you? Because... You know, God was just twiddling his thumbs and thinking, well, I don't know what to do with myself, you know. So let me just create this person and, um, and then created you. No, no. God, God made you on purpose, for a purpose, gave you a destiny, gave you a purpose, and it's all divine for you to be a divine gift to this earth. To the extent that he sacrificed Jesus. He sacrificed Jesus so just so that we would be reconciled to him and become that image. We'll be drawn to him, drawn to them, drawn to the Father, drawn to the Holy Spirit, drawn to Jesus so that we can become more of the image that they created us in. We can see the value of, of why they gave us breath. They weren't idle. It wasn't like they didn't have other things to do or couldn't have created something different or some different type of, I don't know, organism. But they created us, you and I. It was a choice, a deliberate choice that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit made to create you and to create me and to create all of us. It was very deliberate. And we do all kinds of things to the extent that even the angels ask God, what is man that thou art so mindful of him? In other words, look at them. Look at the way they're behaving. Look at what they've become. We angels, we remain as we are. We follow command. We, we, we follow the authority of God. We follow the authority of the Holy Spirit. We'll follow the authority of Jesus. We even listen to the prayers of human beings and we help them. But look at the way they're behaving. Look at what they've become. They've become anything else but the image that you created them in. Why are you so concerned about them? Why would you leave the 99 who are following you for that one person who has gone astray, who is rebellious? Why would you leave, the, the, uh, uh, um, if there were 15 people, why would you leave the 10 to chase after the five who have decided to be rebellious? Why would you do that, oh God? <coughs> Why? What is man that thou art so mindful of him? Who are you, listener? Who are you, my brother? Who are you, my sister? Who am I that God is so mindful of us? He's so mindful of us every second, every day, even when we ignore him and we don't have time for him. He's so mindful of us. He didn't make us to forsake us. 
He didn't make us to forsake us. Yes? Hmm. Let's go to um, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. I hope I have this correct. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Hmm. It says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Why am I reading this scripture? I'm reading this scripture because perhaps you feel so far gone, especially when you're listening to this kind of message and you're wondering, well, how do I get back? How do I yield to God and become that image that he wants me to become? How do I do that? Am I not too far gone? No, no, you're not. Not for him, you're not. That's why I'm reading the scripture. Let me read the message version to you. Same scripture, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call to me, and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wonderful things you could never figure out on your own. (laughs) God will tell you, my brother. God will tell you, my sister, marvelous things. He will tell me things that we could never, ever figure out on our own. But we have to come to him. We have to come back to him in humility. The Bible says the prodigal son came to himself. And when he went home, the father didn't badger him and beat him and condemn him and judge him. Jesus said, I didn't come here to come to the world to condemn you. Right? People want to make you feel that way. You might want to make yourself feel that way. The accuser of the brethren who is Satan might want to make you feel that way. But God is saying, no, no. Call unto me. Wherever you are right now, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, whoever you are, call unto me. And I tell you, my brother, I tell you, my sister, it's not an easy thing, especially when you have flashbacks of your life, when you have flashbacks of things you've done, places you've been, and you had no business, and and, and things that you could have done better in a different way. But that's the beauty of God. That's the beauty of God. With all of that, all of that, Come and call out to him and he will answer you. And those answers that you're looking for, they're wondrous and they're marvelous, but they can only be found in God. The gift that you are can only become fully operational, fully functional. You can only walk in the revelation of that gift when you come to God, when you come back to your maker. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you accept that the Holy Spirit and only the Holy Spirit can lead you and should lead you. You know, yes, other things can or may lead you, but why? Where has it gotten you? Where will it take you? If you want to be who God says you are, there's no other way. Jesus says, I am the way. He says, I am the gate. He is the gate. He is, he is the way in to divine revelation, divine empowerment. 
reconciliation to and with God. He is the way for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you and direct you and show you these marvelous and wonderful things. So come out of your mind. Go into the Spirit and go back to your God. All the stuff that your mind is filled with, all these ways and philosophies and traditions and how we do things and systems and this is how we do and this is the way and oh my gosh, you're made. No, no. Let's snap out of it. Let's come out of it. It's all a lie. It's deception. It leads to destruction. It leads to destruction. It leads to destruction. Let's come back to God, our maker, and ask him questions. Call out to him, not call out to man, not call out to witchcraft, not call out to the devil, not call out to, to, I don't know, whatever it is that you've been calling out to. That is not the answer. That is not the answer. Right? Call out to God himself, God himself. Right? Not on your terms, not on the terms of the world, not according to what you know or don't know. Put all that down and just come to him childlike manner with all humility and repentance and ask him, call out to him, call for salvation, call for deliverance, call for help, whatever your addiction is, whatever your problems are, whatever it is that is playing on your mind that keeps holding you back. Whatever is playing on your mind that is paralyzing you, whatever is keeping you down, call to him. He knows how to break it. He knows how to destroy it. He knows how to set you free. The answers that you're looking for, you feel like you're surrounded by darkness, by questions and confusions, and you feel lost, right? And everyone might think you're such a wonderful person. Everyone might think you're so intelligent. You're so powerful. You're so successful. But deep down in the quiet of the night, in the midnight hour, in your most quiet moments, you know exactly what's going on within you. The things that people cannot see. Call out to God. Cry out to God. And he will answer you. And he will show you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out. You could never, the Bible does not lie. There are things that we will never be able to figure out on our own without the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. God's word does not lie. And that same scripture, Jeremiah 33 verse um, 3. I was going to read it from... um, Okay, here it is. Bear with me for a moment. Uh, thank you, Lord. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. The Amplified Version says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden. These things are fenced in and they're hidden, which you do not know. You do not distinguish and recognize you have no knowledge of and understanding. You have no understanding of them. You have no knowledge of them. You are unable to distinguish and recognize them. There are things that you and I, because these things are hidden and they are fenced in and we need these things. We need them to be a gift to this world. We need them to have peace. We need them to walk in power, in knowledge, in revelation. These are the deep mysteries of God, the deep mysteries of this earth. 
that we don't know about. And people are seeking, seeking, searching, doing all kinds of things, going to seekers, going to soothsayers, going to, 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 to satanic worshippers, going to uh, palm readers, going to, to, to uh, uh, um, oh, oh my goodness, all kinds of uh, people, all kinds of places looking for answers, seeking for deliverance, seeking for help, seeking for healing, Necro necromancy, worshipping the dead. Telling people if you do that, they, the dead are going to help you. How? They're dead. The Bible says, what have the dead got to do with the living? There's, there's a clear difference. Death, life, life, death. White, black, black, white. Uh, uh, um, heavy, light, dark, light. You see, I'm giving opposites. There's a clear difference, right? So that these things are dead. These dead, these systems and 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 uh, incantations and all these things that people do to fool you. These are dead things. Not just dead because they won't help you. They're dead because they can't come anywhere close to the power of God. Anywhere close to what the Holy Spirit can reveal to you. They're also called dead things because they lead to destruction. They lead to death. They lead to death. They lead to death. They're fooling you. I, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I felt like someone had to hear that. That's not where I was going today at all. I didn't even know I was going to say all that. But I think someone had to hear it. There are things that are going on out there where, that people are doing, worshiping all kinds of things, following all kinds of rituals and doctrines, all kinds of methods and, 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 and oh, all, all, all sorts, all sorts of things out there now. Anything but Jesus, anything but God, anything but the Holy Spirit. Why? You're being deceived. You are being deceived. You are a gift created by God. You are a gift created by God, created by God, breathed into with the breath of the Almighty, by the breath of the Almighty. That's who you are. Not this person going around, banging on people's doors, banging on the devil's door, operating and functioning in other spirits, all spirits, any spirit other than the spirit of the Holy, other than the Holy Spirit. Hearing all kinds of voices other than the voice of the Holy Spirit. Why? You're more than that. You're more valuable than that. You're more precious than that. You were created more intelligently than that. And your spirit, your soul knows the truth. But you don't want to know the truth. You don't want your heart to follow God. You don't want your mind to follow God. And so you're being led to all these destructive paths and you know they're not working and they won't. Those things did not create you. Those people did not create you. Those systems did not create you. God created you. His spirit formed you and it is his breath that breathed into you because you are a gift. You are powerful. And for you to know these wonderful and marvelous things, these hidden things, these things that are fenced in, these things that are 
unrecognizable and beyond understanding. Right? For you to know these things so that you walk in the power, the God-like nature that God has for you. You have to come back to God. You have to come back to Jesus. You have to come back to the Holy Spirit. It is as straightforward as that. It's as straightforward as that. You want to recognize your gift. Recognize that you are a gift. Recognize the power that you were created in and by. You have to come through not a door because there are many a doors. Through the door or the door is what you come through. Come through the door or the door. Right? And that door is Jesus. It's as simple as that. It's as straightforward as that. If you want to come to God, that's how it is. Now, if you want to go to something else or someone else, then there are many other false doors that you can follow. But the sad thing is, you'll never recognize the gift of God that you are. You don't want that to happen. You don't want that to happen. At the end of your life, you want to know that you are such a gift, such a gift of God to the world and to yourself and to yourself. Right? Let's read uh, Jeremiah 29, which is a very popular scripture. So most of you will know it. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. My, one of my favorite scriptures. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. For I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. To give you hope in your final outcome. Hmm, my God. And then verse 12, he says, Then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear and heed you. I'll continue to read verse 13. Then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that's Jeremiah chapter 29. Verse 11 to 13. You see, God says, you're not going to beat the air if you're looking for me. You will find me. You will find me. You will call upon me. And you will come and pray to me. And I will hear and heed you. I will hear. He created you, so why would you leave you hanging? He created you, so why would he leave you without knowledge? Did he create you just to make you crumble, just to make you perish? No, no. Our choices make us crumble. Our choices make us perish. Our choices bring calamity upon us. Yes, I know life happens. There are certain things that we can't control and they still happen to us. But a lot of times we walk into a lot of things, knowingly or unknowingly. And we cause chaos in our lives directly or indirectly by our thoughts, our character, or lack of our personalities, or trying to prove a point. We don't have to prove anything to God. We don't have to prove anything to God. He already knows us. He already knows that you're a gift. He already knows that he puts so much power in you. He already knows that he gave you power to function at a, at a certain capacity that is beyond this world, that is divine. So God knows. So the, the problem is, again, we don't come to him. And here he's saying, 
the when when he created you when he created me you and i he says for i know the thoughts and plans that i have for you he knows god is not confused says the lord thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil so if there's evil happening and if there's no peace and it's just joy confusion and i mean joy and it's joyless and confusion and insecurity then it's not god is it it isn't and look look at our world look at your life look at my life when we we can pinpoint where there's chaos we can pinpoint where there's evil it's not from him he says to give you hope in your final outcome god created us in his image to protect us god created us in his image to secure us why because he had to create us in his image so that the, the final hope the final outcome would be a beautiful one would be a great one the final outcome would be that you are a gift to him to the world and to yourself that's what god intended it says in verse 12 then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and i will hear and heed you verse 13 then you will seek me inquire for and require me seek him inquire of him require him right as a vital necessity as a vital necessity and find me when you search for me with all your heart so gifted one my gifted brother my gifted sister the bible says call a thing you sorry excuse me we shall declare a thing and it shall come to pass so i am declaring over your life over my life that we are gifted that we are gifts from god we're gifts of god we're gifts by god and we have to walk in that realm we can walk in his godlike in, in the godlike nature he's put in us we can walk as a reflection of him if we couldn't i don't think god would put that in the bible i don't think god would create us in that image i believe that he created us in his image because he knew that we would go astray but somehow the image that he's created us in will always cry out in us will always cry out within us nothing else will satisfy nothing else will satisfy that image wants to come out that image wants to be who he is who she is godlike in nature a gift to this world a gift that god can use and we won't rest we will not rest we will not be at peace until this gift is manifested right um let me see if i can find the uh i want to read the the message version of this Jeremiah 29 verse 11 Bear with me. Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus. Hmm. Thank you Lord. Hmm. I can't find it. Hmm. Thank you Lord. Sometimes the uh, the message bible it um it the way they line up the scriptures is different from 
the other Bibles. Okay. I will just go past that. I'm sorry, I'm being, um, <laughs> I'm not able to go past it. I'm looking for it because I really, really wanted to read that to you. Really wanted to from the message version. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I give you glory. I give you honor. Okay. I'm just I'm going to let the, I'm going to let it go. Oh, that hurts because I really I'm not quite sure why it's okay. Thank you for your patience as we continue. Let's go to um Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Actually, thank you Lord. This one's a uh it's not an easy podcast for me. I'm happy you're here with me. I thank you. God bless you. I don't take it for granted. It's not an easy because I don't want to just talk and not give scripture because no matter how much I talk, God's word is more important to you and for you. Even if what I say to you makes sense, we always have to go back to the word of God. I believe that because I can't do this anyway without him or his word or the Holy Spirit or without Jesus. So I always go back to and lean into him. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, um, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out. You will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. You see, you're this gift. You're this gift. And this gift that you are can function only with and by the Holy Spirit. Right? He created you so he knows what to do with the gift that you are. He knows how to help you. When you cry out to him, he knows what answers to give you. He knows what to show you, right? He knows how to open your spiritual eyes and spiritual ears so that you can walk in the revelation of who you are and who and why God brought you here to this earth, right? So that you can be the gift that God wants you to be. You can become that gift. Regardless of who you are now, you can become that gift. It's never too late, right? The Bible says that one day is, is as a thousand years to God, a thousand years are like one day for him. There's nothing he cannot do. He can make a swift change. It's never too late. You're never too young or too old for God. You are a gift. So there's going to be a battle in that your flesh, your human desires, your human lusts, 
the things that your flesh wants to chase after, those are not who you are. That is not the gift of God that you are. Who you really are is this gift who is led by the Spirit of God, who is breathed into by the Spirit of God. That should be your focus and your aim and your goal in life, to become that gift that God says that you are. In Ephesians chapter um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. It says, I keep asking the God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ this is Paul talking to the Ephesians. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I'm praying that for you as well. As we read this scripture, I pray this scripture into your life as well. I'm asking as well, on your behalf, my brother, on your behalf, my sister, on my behalf, Right, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. There's a glorious inheritance in you, my brother. There's a glorious inheritance in you, my sister. There's a glorious inheritance in me that comes only and only from God, breathed into us by the breath of the Almighty. Hallelujah. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him. Oh my goodness. He says the same power. His power is incomparable. It's incomparable, incomparable great power, right? And he says that same power is the same power or power as the mighty strength he exerted. God exerted a mighty strength to raise Jesus. That same mighty strength, that same mighty strength is what God uses to raise us to raise us, to help us to, be, to know the gifts that we are. That same power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is real. The power that raised Jesus from the dead still exists. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's resurrection power. 
Who is this resurrection power? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the breath of God. The same breath that created you and I. The same breath that can raise us out of whatever we find ourselves in now. And because of Jesus, when you read down all the way to verse 21, Jesus is far above all rule and authority so and power and dominion. So all these things that you're running to, all these people you're running to, Jesus is far above them. All these powers that you're invoking or people are invoking on your behalf so that you can, you can uh, uh, gain something out of life. All these things that are being invoked and, and incantations being made on your behalf and, and places that you're going to because you want success. Things that you're doing that are undermining you and undermining other people because you want success. You could be in the church and you're doing this. Yes. You could be where? I don't know. On your job. You could be with your family. You could be anywhere and you're doing these things. Stop. Stop. There are realms and there are realms. Be the gift of God and come into his realm. It is his realm. It is his realm. <laughs> that is, that, that's where the real power is. Actually, in fact, as I'm saying this to you, I'm seeing something right now, which I'm going to read to you in Ephesians chapter two. I didn't have it written down, but as I'm talking to you, I'm seeing it. So I'm going to read it. Talking about realms, talking about he has dominion. In the present age of Paul and the Ephesian church, but it says in ages to come, in our age, and after our age, after our time, this present time, this present age, and any other age to come, and ages past, Jesus has always had authority. Authority, period. It's always been, he has authority over everything. So everything else that people are running to, to seek glory and fame and power, those things bow to Jesus. They can't match his power. They cannot match his authority. Satan cannot match Jesus' authority. Even Satan knows that. Witches and wizards know that they cannot match Jesus' authority. The necromancers, the seekers, and the places that people are running to know that they cannot match Jesus' authority. We are the ones who are confused. We're the ones who don't realize that none of them can match his authority and his dominion and his power. And they don't want you to see that. They don't want you to know that. Because if they can keep you where they, you are, they, they, can, they can benefit from you. The minute your eyes open and you call out to God and he answers you and he shows you great and wonderful and hidden things, they can no longer trap you because now your eyes are opened, your ears are opened. Get to a place, my brother, get to a place, my sister, where God opens your eyes, where God opens your ears. Call out to him. Let him show you the wondrous things, the mighty things that he has in store for you. And you, you, you will not go back. I mean, you can't go back. I mean, oh my goodness. You cannot see the glory of God and go back. You will not be perfect within a day, but you'll continue to work towards perfection. If a person sees God's glory and still goes back, then I don't know. I'm not talking about even a backslidden state. I've been in a backslidden state before. I'm talking about really going back, back to the world, back into the world, 
back into necromancy, back into witchcraft, back into all the desires and lusts of the flesh. So let me read this scripture that I saw while I was talking to you about realms and authority and rulership and the strength of God that raised Jesus. In um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms, in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. <laughs> so he raised Jesus and he's saying to us, this Jesus that has all power, this Jesus that is seated in the heavenly realms, this Jesus that has all rulership, all authority, that has all power and dominion. He says, he, I have raised you up with him. With him. This is how special you are, my brother, my sister. You are a gift. You, you, God loves you so much. You are a gift in the eyes of God. You're a gift to this world. It says, you're, you're, so, you're such a gift that God raised you with Christ and seated us, you and I, with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. My goodness. God help us catch that revelation. God help us catch that revelation and walk in it. He raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So not just seated us with him, but in the heavenly realms, in him. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works. So it's not by something you do so that no one can boast. God knows we will want to show off and say, I did this, I did that. Not by works so that no man can boast. For we, we, you and I, my brother, are God's handiwork. We're God's, you are a gift and you are gifted. We are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. He created us in his image. Let us make man in our image, right? The Holy Spirit formed us. The breath of the Almighty breathed into us. They gave us a God-like image to reflect their glory to reflect who they are, to reflect their character, give us strength and power and authority in Christ Jesus and through Christ Jesus to have dominion over this world and authority, right? Made us, we are God's handiwork. Handiwork. And it's not something we did. It's not something we can work for. It's by grace and by faith. It's not something we can boast about, but we are his handiwork. We are his masterpieces created in Christ, the same Christ who has all authority, all power in all realms. Any realm, Christ has authority. Why? Verse 10. To do good works. 
which God prepared, listen to this, in advance for us to do. Oh, Jesus, Father, I worship you. I give you praise. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. God already prepared you. Oh, thank you. God already prepared me, prepared you and I. When he created us, we were prepared in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works. We weren't supposed to be walking around beating the air. You know, it's a sin nature that has deceived us. Desires of our flesh that that have deceived us. The bling-blings of the world that have deceived us. Please come to the place where you realize that the Spirit of God made you. That the breath of the Almighty breathed into you. That you are His handiwork. And that through Jesus you do good works. Good works which God had already prepared in advance for you to do. When he created you, he had already prepared you for what's ahead. So you were built in a certain way. You were built in a type of way, which is why jealousy and envy, comparing each other, competitive ambition is wrong. Is wrong. People pulling each other down in churches, people pulling each other down in families, at work, wherever you find yourself, trying to live up to some certain, certain realm and space at a time that God did not mark for you. When he created you uniquely, individually, he already had work prepared for you in advance. Work with him, not work away from him. He prepared, and I mean work as in W-O-R-K, not walk as in W-A-L-K, work. It says to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There's good works for you and I to do, my brother. There's good works for you and I to do, my sister. And God had already created us in that image. You are already made by God. You don't have to go and made yourself. And the reason why I'm talking that way is because people say to us, you know, go make yourself or you're made or you're not made. Okay, well, actually, guess what? We already were made. And guess by who? The Almighty God, the Holy Spirit, by Jesus. But we're not told these things. We don't know these things. And we're not told when we're growing up. So we don't grow up thinking about the image of God. We don't grow up thinking that we're gifted by God. And that God has work for us to do. Somehow, someway, some of us, by his mercy and grace, we discover along the way. But even when we do, it becomes a struggle to change. It becomes a struggle because we're so filled with so many other things, anything else but God. And God then has to purge us and purge us until the image he originally created us in, the God-like image, begins to show, begins to function in us. May God help us in the name of Jesus. May we find who we are. May we discover who we are in him. May we discover the gift that we are. May we discover how special and wonderful we are to him. May we understand that we are his handiwork and that he brought us here for a reason. And may we fulfill that reason In the name of Jesus, let every other name fade away and let Jesus be lifted. Let Jesus take his place. 
Let every other name fade away. Jesus, take your place. Let every other name fade away. Every other name. Every other name in our spirits, our hearts, our souls, and our minds fade away. Be gone in Jesus' name. And let the name of Jesus be lifted in our spirits, be lifted in our souls, be lifted in our hearts, be lifted in our minds in the name of Jesus. So that we become the image and the reflection and the God and, and function in the God-like nature that God has for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. This was a um, this was a uh, a tough message to deliver, um, but I believe that, or I should say, I hope that somehow by His grace I came through because in my humanity I found it tough, but I pray that by the Holy Spirit something entered your spirit, and that you you realize that you are a gift. You are a gift to this world. I pray that somehow, somewhere that came through. If nothing else came through, that you are a gift. And you were made before. You were pre-made by God. <laughs> with a God-like nature. In his image. And you're here to reflect God's nature on this earth. And that you are his handiwork. And it's not something you have to buy. It's not something you have to work for. Just yield to him. Yield to him and let him do only what he can do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Please feel free to write to activategodspurpose at gmail.com. Write to activategodspurpose at gmail.com. God bless you. God keep you. Be the man. Be the woman. Be the gift that God says that you are. He took his time to make you. That's how special you are. That's how unique you are. Think about it. He took his time to make you. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, God took his time to make me. God took his time to make me. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Being here. Thank you so much. I don't take your time for granted. God bless you, richly bless you in the name of Jesus. God give you peace. God heal you. God make you complete. God make you discover who you are. Call out to him and he will answer you and he will show you great and hidden things, wonderful things, unrecognizable things, things that your mind cannot comprehend. He will show you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.